here's your spoiler warning. When we're going to be talking about the books of A Song of Ice and Fire, we're always talking about it in the context of the most recently published book. And when we talk about any of the television shows, Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, etc., we're always talking in the context of the most recently released episode. That's all you need to know. And now you've been warned. Dedicated to George R. R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire book series. Mushroom, mushroom. I need, I need mushroom. And the HBO Game of Thrones franchises. You're listening to Before the Dragon. Don't tell me what to do, 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 do. Before the Dragon, this is issue 27. Today we are talking about the trailer that was released on May 5th. If you're one of those really, really strict people about spoilers and you don't want to know anything about the television show before it airs on August 21st, this is not the podcast for you. So I'm going to give you a chance to bail right now. Don't forget, you can always find me at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. That's at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. And you can find everything that I do at mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com. You can also send emails to mattsaudioblog at gmail.com. You want serious talk for this trailer discussion. I'm absolutely positive of it. And if that is the case, this is probably not the place you should be because um, my serious talk isn't going to measure up to the level of other podcasts' serious talk. But I'm glad you're here. Thanks for taking the time to share your love for the podcast by sharing the podcast, sharing the Twitter handle, following, doing all of that good kind of stuff. There were also some images that were released on the House of the Dragon Twitter, some kind of poster-like images with some of the main characters, and we'll be looking at those as well after we talk about this trailer. In fact, it's time to talk about this trailer right now, so let's get some serious music going. Okay, we have a wide shot and then a close-up shot of Rhaenyra Targaryen. This is the older version of Rhaenyra. She's played by Emma Darcy. Uh, I'm actually not sure if that's supposed to be King's Landing or Dragonstone. 
in this sequence. It kind of looks like Dragonstone, but I'm not really for sure. Um, then there are shots, I believe, of the camera coming from off the ocean, giving us a look at Dragonstone, which looks much better than it did in the HBO series, I think. So I, I really like that. And then we have Damon, who, of course, is played by Matt Smith, and Missaria, who's that's actress's name. I cannot remember. I apologize. And they're holding on to a dragon egg, and it looks like they're either leaving or they're coming to bring the egg to somebody. And the person that is standing opposite them seems to be Otto Hightower. And it looks like Christian Cole. I think that's Christian Cole on his right. Um, it may be Graham McTavish, Sir Harold Westerling on the left. Not sure about those, though. All of these Kingsguard outfits don't look very uh, significant as compared to what I expected them to. Although, I, I guess it's all right. It's no big deal. And then behind them, you can see somebody else. Is that Grandmaster Melos, who is played by David Horvich? I'm not sure, uh, but it could be. It could also be Lord Lyman Beesbury, played by Bill Patterson. Help me figure that out. Tweet to at the letter B, the number four, the dragon bod on Twitter. Then we get, I believe it's King Viserys' voice. Um, I suppose it could be Otto Hightower, but it, it kind of sounds like Patty Constantine's voice saying, What is this brief mortal life, if not the pursuit of legacy? And much better, much more dramatic than I can do it. Um, obviously, I can't even do the whisper tone right, but it, it sounds great. Uh, and then uh, we see a rider on dra on a dragon uh, coming into King's Landing, it looks like. Not sure who that is. It may be Damon. It, it really doesn't look the way that uh, Caraxus, the dragon, is described in terms of looking at the dragon itself. But it's our first shot of a, uh, of, uh, a dragon working in action there, flying around. Since the dragons have kind of their own color scheming in the books... It, it's going to be hard to decide whether we're going to actually see that in the show for me or not um, because, you know, the show itself has its own color scheming and its kind of design uh, for the CGI dragons in mind. So maybe they're going to make all of the dragons look kind of similar to Daenerys' dragons from Game of Thrones. Not sure. I would think that would be a shame. I know many of my usual panelists anyway are very emotionally invested in the dragons themselves and especially within this story those that have read the books and I, I think it would be smart for the show to make each dragon very distinctive uh, but we'll see what happens with that then we get the Iron Throne with all of its additional swords that we saw like in the teaser trailer last year and there's a full house in attendance and we see Viserys is sitting at, there on the throne and it looks like uh, Rhaenyra, this time the younger version of Rhaenyra, played by Millie Alcock, standing in front of the throne. And we start to hear the voice of somebody who says that they are Rickard Stark. And then we see Corlys Valerian and Borman Baratheon and they're all pledging their allegiance to King Viserys and to Rhaenyra as his heir. And this is a big deal because in the history of Westeros, and I'm not going to get too spoilery here, but I just want to give you some backstory. There was this whole council about, you know, what heirs qualify 
for the throne uh, a few years earlier. So when you're claiming a woman as the heir here in Westeros, it's not likely to be well received by, let's say, the traditionalists of that time in Westeros. And we'll even get into that further in this trailer. I don't think that Matt Smith, the Damon character, is part of that lack of recognition or reception that I was just discussing in terms of the traditionalists. Um, I think this is about something else. I would do want to say that I'm not going to give spoilers in this podcast other than, you know, just talk about the trailer itself, which, as I said before, if you're one of those people who consider trailer talk spoilery, why the heck are you here? You are very strict people, and I can't satisfy you by talking about this trailer in a non-spoilery way other than, you know, giving you who they are and what happens to these people. I'm not going to do that, but I am going to describe what the trailer, what's on the trailer. They want you to see it. By golly. At any rate, um, he's storming out of somewhere um, and he gets some cheers as he leaves, which is interesting. And like I said, I think I know what this is. I think I know what this is about, but I'm not going to say. Then we get some shots of soldiers being soldiers, beating people up. That's what soldiers do. And as all of that is happening, we then get this sound of Rainey's Valarian. Um, sometimes her nickname was given as the queen who never was. And she is saying to young Rhaenyra, as we start to see them both, that men would sooner put the realm to the torch than see a woman ascend to the iron throne. And so that embodies what I was just talking about. Those traditionalists remember that council that I talked about. One other piece of information that I will give you here is that Rhaenys was involved with that council and probably wasn't too happy with the results of that council. And you can put that together with her nickname and maybe you can figure some things out what happened there. Then we get a quick shot of Rhaenyra at a table. And I think this is the same kind of dressings and everything of whatever that celebration that we saw everybody walking into in the teaser trailer last year. There's some folks walking away there as well, so I don't know if that means that the party's over at that point, or if she's, if Rhaenyra has made some people mad. Um, we'll find out together when we see the show. And then there is this shot, I think it is the interior of the Sept. Um, it doesn't really look like the Sept from the, sh- the Game of Thrones show, uh, but I can't figure out what else it could be because it doesn't really look like the Iron Throne. And then there is this crate. Maybe it's got that dragon egg in it that we saw earlier that Matt Smith was holding. Maybe not. Maybe it's a totally different dragon egg. Maybe it's not a dragon egg at all, but there's a box being carried in. And then we see a young Alicent Hightower. This one is played by Emily Carey walking down what seems to be that same environment. I think it's the Sept of Baylor. I know it's definitely not the uh, the Iron Throne Room and. So it, it because it doesn't look anything like other shots of that. So I'm going to say it's a Septa Baylor. I'm not sure, though. Let me know at the letter B, the number four, the dragon pod on Twitter, if I mess that up. But she keeps walking down this aisle. And then we the next shot is her walking up to King Viserys and giving him a kiss on the cheek. And then maybe in that same environment, we get a dragon egg being warmed. Remember back in season one of Game of Thrones when 
Daenerys had all of those eggs on a brazier, uh, kind of, when she was traveling with Khal Drogo. I think that this is kind of the same thing. We'll find out what the purpose of that is as we see the show, because we never really got that in Game of Thrones. Um, I just really can't tell if it's the same dragon egg as Matt Smith's Damon's dragon egg or not. Uh, I'm going to guess it is. I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of thinking that way. Then there's a shot of Alicent Hightower as her she turns to her father, Otto Hightower, who is played by uh, Reese Ephens. I'm terrible with actors' names. Um, and he is telling her, we play an ugly game. You have the determination to win it. Ooh. Um, yeah. Well. Hmm. Then we get a shot of the Valarian family, and that is Corlys the Sea Snake, and who is played by Stephen Toussaint. Uh, we see Rainey's his wife, who we saw earlier, uh, played by Eve Best. We see Sir Lenor, who is their son, played by John McMillan, and we also see their daughter, Lena. Hope that's how you say her name. I can't remember from the books, played by Savannah Stein. And this appears to be from that same entrance that we saw in last year's teaser trailer as well. Um, but now we get an extended shot here of Damon. He's either got his hair tied back or cut. I don't think Damon ever had his hair that short, so it must be tied back. And he's looking and smiling while seated. And the very next shot is of young Rhaenyra. Uh, that's, again, that's Millie Alcock dancing with Sir Lenor. And that's a very interesting thing going on there. We've seen a lot of shots of Damon and Rhaenyra together. So what's going on there? We will find out when the show comes out. Then we get a shot of older Rhaenyra and older Alicent Hightower, played by Olivia Cook. the older version is. And they're looking at each other quite intently, uh, Kristen Cole is hanging around behind uh, uh, Alicent, and he is played by uh, Fabian Frankel. What a name. Imagine going through life. Are we, are we still making Fabians? I don't know. And then it cuts to shots of a guy getting thrown to the floor, Kristen Cole putting a beat down on someone, uh, and then we see some hands tied, and those hands are bleeding pretty profusely as well. Then we get a shot of older Rhaenyra and Damon, and they are staring at each other and starting to smile, I think. And then a quick shot of Otto Hightower, and I guess that's a Kingsguard with him. Can't tell which one, though. Then we see a shot of Damon drawing a sword, and then, remember that shot of Alicent running with a blade that was in the teaser trailer last year and everybody was freaking out well we get the payoff of that in or at least we know who she's going after in this trailer uh, we find out that she's trying to bring that knife down on Rhaenyra wow and finally we get you know what I think is a continuation of actually the first shots that we got in the teaser trailer last year and that's Damon with a torch he's going down into this cavernous area perhaps the dragon pit and then we see that he is examining something on the floor that looks kind of gross and then we see a dragon up fairly up close 
breathing fire. Not quite as up close as we saw Balerion the Black Dread, I think, in the teaser trailer. Um, but I wonder if it is easier to do the CGI for just the head of a dragon in kind of a big frame than it is to do these kind of shots where you see the action shots of dragons like flying earlier in the trailer and in this one emerging from that cave and breathing fire. Maybe that's what we were waiting on. Anyway, all they're trying to do is tell you that, yes, there are dragons. Be ready. There's dragons. Those, that, that particular dragon looks more like it is kind of the size, unless the, the perspective of the shot is weird and, and it's supposed to be a much bigger area than it's supposed to be. They look more like the size of Daenerys' other two dragons while they were still at uh, Marine. Not quite as large like Vissarian size or something like that. Um, is that Caraxes? Uh, again, doesn't really fit the description that George has in the books. Don't really care. I'm happy with whatever the show ends up doing. Whether they stick with just kind of the Daenerys color theme or whether they go more distinctive. I think when we see certain characters on top of these dragons, we'll be as connected to the dragons as we are with the characters themselves. Despite Kelly's concern. That's right, I called Kelly out. One of my co-hosts here on Before the Dragon. As we get all of that, we do get one last quote. Not sure who's saying it, but they say, History does not remember blood it remembers names. Ooh, deep. Absolutely deep. Um, history remembers blood a little bit better now with DNA samples and things like that. But at this time and in this world, that is totally true. And of course, you get the fire through the, the really nice looking logo. I love that shot when the fire goes through the logo like that. I think that that is beautiful. I think it's one of the best shots in the whole trailer. Uh, and the of course, the all of the information you need to be sure that somehow you are giving HBO money to see this series. Uh, the date that it's going to come out, how you get a hold of it, and all of that stuff. By the way, I watched this trailer on YouTube and on Twitter. Um, the information at the end is a little different depending on where you're watching it. But uh, there's, there's some way to allude to HBO Max or to HBO itself throughout the course of both versions. Before I get to the release of poster images on Twitter, essentially a propaganda, which is fine. That's what a show is supposed to do to let you know that they are there and that they are coming. I do want to take a quick break for some feedback. Oi, can we get the feedback out of the monitors, please? Regarding our last podcast about the news regarding House of the Dragon that I put out a long time ago. I know, I haven't been as consistent as I promised about podcasts. I hope to do better throughout the course of the summer. We will see. We will definitely be here for the coverage of the show. At least one podcast a week. I'm hoping at least two, but I'm not going to promise at least two. At least not every week. It will depend on my schedule and my co-host schedule, if you've noticed the last few times. I've not had a co-host because it's really hard to call an emergency podcast around here when you've got people that are all over the country and they have all different kinds of schedules 
and my schedule flexes quite a bit as well. Sometimes I'm up in the middle of the night. Sometimes I'm up the first thing in the morning. Uh, it makes it very difficult for people to keep up with me or for me to keep up with them. Whoa, I'm rambling yet again. The point is, we have some feedback here from my nemesis, Patman23, regarding the last podcast that I did. Pat says, Matt, as your official nemesis, I am required to point this out. On the podcast, great job covering House of the Dragon picks and also pronouncing Valarian distinctively different from Valyrian. Thank you. You did say something puzzling when talking about the five green frogs on George R. R. Martin's recent post. You associated that with five TV shows that have been greenlit. Sea Snake, 10,000 Ships, Night of the Seven Kingdoms, Hedge Knight, and Golden Empire. But Night of the Seven Kingdoms and Hedge Knight is the same show. They haven't decided on the final name yet. But I like what you are suggesting, so maybe the fifth and final frog is House of the Dragon? Anyway, this has been your nemesis calling. By the way, it's all right, Matt. I was listening to another podcast where they said the Stark sword being ice was melted down into two different swords, Widow's Whale and Heartsbane, which is of course wrong since it is Widow's Whale and Oathkeeper. I didn't send in a correction because I'm only your nemesis. I'll let others fact check the other podcasts. Patman, I really appreciate the attention. I appreciate that you have become my guardian angel to beat me down every time I make a mistake. Thank you. Love you, Pat. I also want to give a quick shout out to Wayne, who's been tweeting me a lot the last six months, although not very recently, but he has been uh, very supportive of the podcast. Really appreciate you reaching out, Wayne, with your thoughts. And also on Twitter, you would ask for some book suggestions that might be kind of like other books uh, that you like. And I had suggested a couple, but not sure if those panned out for you. I, I saw that you had gotten one of them, uh, a Dorothy Dunnett novel. So let me know. Let me know how that panned out. And uh, if it didn't pan out, let me have it. I'm all good with that. You can see that it doesn't stop Patman23, my nemesis, from letting me have it when I make a mistake. If I made a mistake with you, I apologize. Please hang in there. Uh, and uh, let me know if the book worked out for you. That's enough about the feedback. Let's get into talking about these pictures that came out. So I'm going to go through these images in the reverse order that they were released because it's easier for me to scroll through their Twitter from the top to the bottom than from the bottom to the top. I mean, come on. Give me a break. My brain is fried. So we start off with an image of Missaria who the actress, I will now fix what I couldn't remember before, Sonia Mizuno, I believe is the actress's name. I probably butchered it. I apologize, miss. Uh, I really do, because that's the way I am. Uh, it's a beautiful image. All of these, by the way, are in front of the lit-up House of the Dragon logo behind them. Uh, she's got on some very nice-looking threads. I'm not a co costume person. I'll let other people comment on that, but I like it. Kristen Cole is next, and he is faced the other way. 
and just face him back and forth, left and right, seems like. And his threads are nothing like what we saw in the trailer. He's got on some very nice-looking leathers and a cape, and it looks beautiful. Then we have what House of the Dragon titled The Queen Who Never Was, which is, of course, Rainey's Valarian. Uh, she's wearing some green. She's facing the same direction as Kristen Cole. Facing the other direction is the Sea Snake, Corlys Valerian, played by Stephen Toussaint. He's awesome, awesome-looking character. I love those dreadlock threads. Uh, I guess they're supposed to represent dreadlock. They're definitely uh, separated out in that way. We then have a shot of the daughter of the Hand of the King. That is Alicent Hightower. She is dressed in greens. Always in greens is Alicent, it seems like. Even in this trailer, we saw the younger version of her and the older version of her both dressed in green, which I suppose is supposed to represent their house. Her father, on the other hand, does not tend to wear greens all of the time. That's Otto Hightower. He is facing in the same direction as Olivia Cook in the photos, and he has a much more neutral-looking color on him. Uh, maybe it's got a little bit of red in it. I'm not good with colors. Um, similarly, uh, it looks like it's um, close to the same kind of color that the king has. Uh, that is Viserys Targaryen, who is the king that we will meet in this first season. I, here's the thing. He kind of looks like a rough sleeper who's been dragged off the street and dressed up in clothing to make him a servant for some rich lord. It, it, he feels he feels kind of homeless. Uh, like he, he doesn't look like he doesn't look very happy either. Maybe I should put that on the poll. I did put one picture up on the poll, which I'm not sure that anybody will agree with, but it is for this image of Matt Smith as Damon Targaryen. His hair is extraordinarily long, which I'm supposing is supposed to be him at a younger age. Maybe? Older age? I know that hair grows over time, but in some shots, he's with the older Rhaenyra and his hair looks shorter than it does in this particular image. He's got the reds on and the blacks and uh, the leather studded. It's just awesome. But I did put this on the poll because the way the shot is formulated, it almost looks like his ears are sticking up a little bit too high. So I asked, does Damon Targaryen look like a blonde Vulcan doing an advertisement for an exclusive shampoo and conditioner? Because that's the image that I get when I look at this particular poster. Okay, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. Then we have an image, the last image of... Rhaenyra Targaryen, the older version, the Emma Darcy version in front of the logo as well. Um, interestingly enough, Damon's character is the only one who is facing forward, probably because that costume is super fabulous, and uh, maybe he doesn't like his profile. Or maybe we would have seen that he doesn't have Vulcan ears, or that he does have Vulcan ears if he turned to the side a little easier. It's just the flames making it look like that. But I I love that. That's great. Um, it, actually, those same flames make Rhaenyra's collar look like it goes up higher 
than it does. Or maybe it's just my eyes playing a trick on me. There is one last thing left to do, ladies and gentlemen, and that's to introduce a new segment that we will be using throughout House of the Dragon episodes as we cover them. Let's look at this trailer, for example. We have, over the course of the trailer from last year and this one, we have Allison pulling a knife. Actually, a Valyrian dagger, most likely. But, at any rate, we saw her pull it and start to run towards someone in the trailer last year. This year, we find out that she's running towards Rhaenyra. Now, why on earth would Allison do this? And is it as ominous or threatening as it seems? Let's play Allison or Guilty. You cannot Each and every time that we see images of Alicent that we think might not be appropriate for a queen or a young lady to do, I will rush to her defense and defend her actions, making sure that you understand that Alicent's point of view is very, very important. George R. R. Martin recently in a Nada blog said that a lot of these characters are conflicted and gray. And, of course, we would expect no less from our characters from Westeros. But even though there is visual evidence that Alicent is pulling a knife and that we see a knife going towards Rhaenyra in this trailer, is it possible that we are seeing an entirely different scene with Rhaenyra than we saw with Alicent? Are they just cut together to make us think such things? This evidence is circumstantial, ladies and gentlemen. Alicent cannot be convicted of anything until we see the full video. I demand the full video so that we can see whether or not Alicent was doing it. And even if she was, are we for sure that she was actually going for Rhaenyra? Perhaps she spotted a tarantula on Rhaenyra's back and is merely trying to take care of it before it hurts Rhaenyra. Or perhaps... Rhaenyra has an assailant behind her, and it just happens that in order to get to that assailant, Alicent has to go over the top of Rhaenyra in order to save her. I think that we should probably just pump the brakes on saying Alicent is pulling a knife on Rhaenyra, even though I said it earlier. And for that, I ask that this jury return a verdict of Alicent or not guilty. Anyway, that's all I've got this time around. I want to remind you folks that we do have a YouTube. I do a lot of podcasts that are for part of Double P Media, and those particular video presentations go up on their YouTube. However, because Double P Media already has the Joffrey of Podcasts, they don't need me commenting on Game of Thrones. They already have their own huge Game of Thrones following. I, I urge you to visit their YouTube, by the way, youtube.com slash C slash the word double, the letter P, the word media. I 
don't have enough followers on my YouTube to be able to get a custom name like they have, which is great. I would love to have enough followers to get a custom name. Enough subscribers, I think I should actually say. So if you go to mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com, just look for the YouTube link for Before the Dragon podcast and subscribe. Also, subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, please hit that subscribe button. That helps me out a lot. Also, leave written reviews where you can on any of these podcast apps. That also helps me out an awful lot. And most of all, tweet to at the letter B, the number four, the Dragon Pod on Twitter. Also... Please feel free to email mattsaudioblog at gmail.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog at gmail.com, or simply use the comment form, which is at the website mattsaudioblog.com, M-A-T-T-S audioblog.com. Thanks for suffering my trailer review or enjoying my trailer review, whichever way it worked out for you. I imagine if you were suffering it, you're probably no longer here, but if you are, I really appreciate you. Take care.